When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post-game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him on Twitter at Eckenwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. And at least Chi-Town fanboy is on the right track. We did it. We did it, folks. Not the players, not the guys in the uniform, not Tony, not Miguel Cairo, not Frankie Manichino, not Ethan Katz, not Rick, not Kenny, not Jerry. We did it. We did it, and the Sox are guaranteed not to have a losing season this year. So congratulations to us. The White Sox win tonight, 8-3. to The White Sox win their 81st game of the year. The bad news, there's one game left. So the worst or the best that they could finish is 82-80. and 80. Uh, The worst that they could finish is 500 at 81-81, and 81, which would be very fitting for this team. Herb, how you feeling? Fine. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's good to see Lucas do well, mm-hmm. especially for our guy, Steven, who had a a season bet on him on over 10 and a half wins. Yeah, I've been waiting for this over to hit for like six straight starts now. It's been way too long. I'm glad I made the $4.70 profit. I'm very happy for you. Last time we were watching a Lucas Giolito start, I had money on the Twins, so I was rooting for the Twins. Lucas ended up not getting the win today, but I'm glad he was able to give you the backdoor cover on the final game of his season. What are you going to do with your $4.90? You know, I'm probably going to use part of that or all of that, to get half a sandwich because that's all it's going to be able to get me. I was about to say, he'd buy one-fourth of his Portillo's order with $4.90. Anyways, we are here after an 8-3 to victory by the Chicago White Sox. We won't be spending too much time on the White Sox game today because there's much more important stuff. We still have some leftovers from the Rick Hahn press conference that we want to get to, and some of the leftovers was Jose Abreu and what Rick Hahn had to say about Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu also talked today, so we'll talk about some of the things... Jose had to say his future with the Sox in 2023. Vinny Duber will be joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. He talked to Jose Abreu, so he'll be able to give you some firsthand uh, knowledge and experience of what happened today and what Jose Abreu had to say. And then we'll also talk about Johnny Cueto. He made his final start for the White Sox in 2022 yesterday, and he deserves a lot of credit. And I think he's an interesting person to uh, chat about here because he was also seen in the uh, the upper deck today running around with Luis Robert, which was pretty cool to see. So. Hey, if he gets Luis Robert on a running program, I'm in for it. I'm in, or at least has Luis Roberts like, hey, give you the little seeds. This is how I stay as a elite player at the age of 36. You're a young cat. You should be doing this every day to keep your win together and to so you can last longer in the season. And burn off that Domino's pizza, my friend. Uh, there you go. I um, mean, a shout out to Dave, who's giving us a shout out. He says, shout out to Sean, Herb, Vinny, and the CHGO Sox producers. Mainly Steven Nicholas. Want to give him a heads up or a, 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 an extra shout out just because he's produced, I think, the most games for us by far. Um, had a blast watching this season following 
along with you all in post game. We appreciate all of you guys, Mr. C, Chi-Town fanboy, White Sox, Tom Clark, all you guys hanging out right now, Melissa as well, um, the, the the usuals, the regulars, all the members of CHGO and all CHGO.com. And remember, if you're watching right now, uh, make sure to like and subscribe. But Herb, uh, let's talk a little bit about today's game. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to. Um, top of the second, JK hit a sacrifice fly. Kind of a messy start to this game again for Lucas Giolito. In the second inning, he hit not only the leadoff hitter, but the guy after him and Jose Miranda. Mm. Uh, then a fielder's choice moved a guy over, and then a sack fly drove him in. But the m- kind of scary moment there, Jose Miranda getting hit on the hand, then it bouncing up and hitting him in the face. Uh, he ended up leaving the game. But uh, very scary in fast motion, but fine in slow motion when you see it, it, it hit the hand first and then bounced off Miranda's face. Uh, but you hate seeing anything go up near uh, the, the head of any player. Exactly, and I'm hoping for health from Miranda, he had a pretty great rookie season. You know, the Minnesota Twins' problem was health. Like, that's most of the things that's been wrong with the Minnesota Twins this year. And so Miranda had a breakout year where I don't think I was expecting this year. I didn't see him early in the year, and then he came on, and he's hit a bunch of home runs. So I'll be looking out for that guy next year with the Minnesota Twins. I hope he gets traded to some other team so the White Sox don't have to face him as much. I mean, next year is more of an even schedule, so – It'll help there, but, you know, we'll be fighting with the Twins, the Guardians, and the Tigers, sometimes the Royals, for this AL Central crown. So Miranda will be a big part of that. Yep, and then in the bottom of the third, the Sox were able to take uh, the lead, and they never surrendered that lead. Moncada doubled to deep right center. He had a great first at bat uh, against uh, Winder, um, and that scored Elvis Andrews. Then Aloy Jimenez doubled to deep left. He scored Moncada and Jose Abreu went to third. Abreu got hit on a 3-2 pitch. That was scary, went up and in, but a guy just uh, losing his command, and we saw a lot of that today. And then Gavin Sheets reached on an infield single to second. Abreu scored, and Jimenez scored. Um, and then in the bottom of the fourth, Adam Ingle doubled to leaf deep left, making it five to one. Uh, Grandal scored, and then Romy Gonzalez moved to third, and then with Engel and Gonzalez on base, Elvis Andrews hit his 17th home run of the year, making it eight to one. And then at the top of the sixth and top of the ninth, the Twins were able to add runs, giving us the score of eight to three. But I think the biggest news, at least play wise, Elvis Andrews hitting his 17th home run. That ties the White Sox lead with Andrew Vaughn. So, Herb, if I told you before this year that Elvis Andrus would have a share of the lead with the White Sox, he's hit nine home runs with the White Sox. Uh, how shocked would you have been? I'm like, uh, which system do you got? Do you got PS5? Right. You got Xbox One? Because I like to get on the show with you on that thing, because why is Elvis Andrus on the White Sox? Um, yeah, very shocking because, firstly, he wouldn't be at the team at the beginning of the year. And secondly, Elvis not known necessarily for his power, but he'll be leading the team right now or tied with Andrew Vaughn with the 17 home runs. I would be very shocked, and I would say the White Sox would be around the record they have right now if the leader in home runs would be 17 at the end of the year. Yeah, sad. And like we said, uh, first time since 1990, unless Andrew Vaughn or Elvis Andrews hits three home runs tomorrow. Elvis, I don't think counts because he wouldn't do it with all with the White Sox. Nine home runs, though. He might have double-digit home runs. And I, I got to check out how many players would have double-digit home If he hits a home run tomorrow, he would have double-digit home runs with the White Sox in like under 50 games. Amazing. And we uh, we couldn't find one guy, one other guy. I mean, Elvis Andrews had years and years of years of not hitting multi, you know, double-digit home runs. And, and then here he comes uh, out of nowhere just hitting bombs with the White Sox and the White Sox were starved for power and all they needed was a 34-year-old shortstop. Um, And as Melissa said, this is how the team should have played all season long. Yeah, getting great performance from Lucas Giolito, timely hitting, hitting the ball over the fence, 
picking the ball up and throwing it to first base. All that good stuff today was it looked nice as the team looked like the team that they're supposed to be. Pressure's off. So, yeah, they've been playing well versus the Minnesota Twins in this series. Yeah, and Lucas looked good tonight, as you mentioned. Uh, let's look at Lucas's pitch mix today. Um, he's one of the final guys that I'm actually watching. I don't really care too much how Lance Lynn finishes the season. I don't really care how much, you know, how Dylan sees finishes the season. Same with Johnny Cueto. I'm David really, Martin? Uh, Davis is interesting, but, again, as long as he's showing the same things as he did last year, I mean, it's how can you build in the offseason? Um, what can you show us next year? Because the pitcher he is right now isn't going to be – a fifth starter in the majors. I mean, he needs to take another step if he wants to be uh, that fifth starter for the Sox in 2023. But Lucas here, 42 four-seam fastballs, 30 change-ups tonight, 13 sliders, six curveballs. His velocity was still down about a mile and a half from where it normally was. So, I mean, his velocity wasn't anything. Um, so if you want to talk about what's wrong with Lucas Giolito, um, he was still able to get by with poor velocity tonight, four strikeouts. Um, he got 26 swings on those fastballs, five whiffs, and on the changeup, seven whiffs on 12 swings. Mm. So that thing's absolutely uh, thangin' right now. Um, he's got that figured out. That changeup is, you know, at that elite level, again, um, I don't know where that's been, what adjustments he's made, but he's made them. He also got 15 called strikes, which is used seven on the fastball. Um, and the called strike plus whiff percentage tonight was 30%. MLB average was 27. On his fastball, it was 29%. On his changeup, 40%. And if you're throwing 72 pitches and, you know, your called strike plus whiff percentage is around 35%, you're going to do well. And he was doing well all the way through the, you know, sixth inning. Uh, tonight he was fantastic um, and this is the guy that you want to see and I think a lot of it just has to do with command he was able to command up and in tonight a lot and he was able to keep that change up below the belt and th that's what he needs to do and if he's able to do that with 93 mile per hour velocity maybe that ERA isn't above four it's a number that has a three like I, I do wonder how much a true regimen for him this offseason and how much uh, the time off will help Lucas Giolito hopefully return to that form. I think he can. I think there's still some signs that that pitcher is still in there. Maybe not ace level, but I still think like top three in a rotation. Me too. And I think this is why his velocity is going down right now is because of wear and tear because of this long season, other stuff that affected him. We were talking about the oblique injury he had early in the year. Maybe this is affecting him. And as you said, maybe having some time off, letting that heal properly having the regiment uh, throwing program starting in December where you can ramp it back up. Maybe you can be 93, 94 more consistently. You don't have to be 95, 96. It would be great if you get back up to that level, but you don't have to be there. But develop another pitch would be my thing that I would want for Lucas. The changeup works. The slider is hit or miss. Forcing fastball, if it's not up to the mid-90s, it's getting hit hard. Give me a developed curveball, which he used like six times today, or two-seamer or cutter to go along with the pitch mix that he has right now, and I think you'll get more batters out there. Just try to do something a little bit different. Don't come back with the same pitch mix because the slider would – I mean, the changeup would work, but I think, you know, the variance between the fastball and the changeup's not there, and the, chain, and the slider's not as crisp as it has been in the past. Yeah, I, I don't love what he offers, at least beyond the forcing fastball and the changeup, but he has one pitch that works. And, I mean, they, you saw with the Orioles when they're trotting out their rotation against the Sox, they found guys that were abandoned from other organizations that had one pitch that worked. The The Diamondbacks do, do this a lot as well, um, especially Brent Strom. Like, if you can work on one single pitch and have a pitch that works as much as this changeup, the other stuff really doesn't matter. It's just 
you know, it, it helps you. And especially with a, a, a starter when you're going to be facing guys, you know, three times in a game, like it just gives you that separation. It get, lets you, you know, mess with timing uh, just with that velocity and that difference. But I, I think the fact that he still has that elite changeup, getting seven whiffs on 12 swings, uh, that that's huge right there. So um, I still think there's something out there that uh, the Sox fans should be excited about because he should be on the team for next year. And, hey, I don't think he'll be fighting over uh, – you know, 25K or whatever it was this offseason. I think he's no. going to uh, probably gonna, be a pretty easy arbitrator. Oh, he, he's going to accept whatever the White Sox sitting out there. It's like, yeah, that sounds good, brother. Thanks. Yep. Thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> let's move on now to the offseason because that's what this offseason, this uh, podcast is about. And uh, shout out to Mr. C who says, Sean and Herb, will you guys be back for CHGO Sox next year? We should be back and so should Vinny Duber uh, as well. So uh, no worries on the CHGO team. Uh, and Vinny just joined. So let's just jump into the ad read and then uh, go out to Guaranteed Rate Field and chat with uh, Vinny Duber. We want to tell you about Green Ridge Farm. Uh, we were joking a little bit earlier today about, uh, I, I got here earlier, mm-hmm. um, I was watching the Cubs games with the uh, the CHGO Cubs crew, and I was like, oh, you know, uh, Luke was like Green Ridge Farms, and you know, if you order one Patrick Wisdom, you get a meat stick free. Um, so, uh, just the way he was always consistently offering out there, uh, hey, you know, you guys want Patrick Wisdom, you guys want Patrick Wisdoms, uh, you know, we, we ended up uh, turning this into a Green Ridge Farm Give me, egg, which is give me Green Ridge Farm over Patrick Wisdom because they're a Chicago Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. I walk I walked through the jewels today. I went up to the deli person and I said hello. Can I get the Green Ridge Farm ham? I got a pound of that and and my fridge is happy. Um, I'm excited because they're makers of all natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, or school lunches. When you are a 25 year old adult who doesn't work until about 5 p.m. I make myself a school lunch, and I do it with Green Ridge Farms meats. Uh, These all-natural meat sticks and meats are hardwood smoked for eight hours, and with 16 grams of protein per stick, uh, the meat sticks make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. And right now, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your carts, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO checkout. So again, when you order any three meat products at greenrichfarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. And next, we have to tell you about FOCO. Uh, they are the great makers of apparel. Chicago, we've already got you covered with the best coverage for your favorite sports teams, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off at FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. And again, use code CHGO for all non-presale items for 10% off. Let's head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and chat with our CHGO beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. His latest piece talks about Jose Abreu and his future. So let's chat about that. Vinny, how was it talking to Pito earlier today? Uh, You know, uh, repetitive, I guess, is the word to use. Uh, He was asked a lot of questions about his future and basically uh, eschewed all of them, uh, basically going with the answer of, I'm a White Sox. He said White Sox. I I like White Sock as the singular. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'll quote Jose and say, 
I'm a White Sox uh, for tonight, and I'm a White Sox for tomorrow, and after that, we'll see. So uh, a far cry, obviously, from 2019, where it was, uh, you know, if they don't bring me back, I'll resign myself. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, gushing about his love of the organization, a lot of compliments about how amazing uh, the future would be for this team. Uh, this time around, it's a lot more uh, business of baseball, uh, as you would come to expect it from basically any other situation. Uh, just a lot of, you know, uh, yeah, well, we'll see what the winner holds kind of deal. So uh, really, aside from one little phrase that he said, um, he didn't even really express any sort of desire to, you know, be back. And uh, or, Nor did he express the opposite, obviously. But uh, he said one little thing when he was uh, saying thank you to the fans, uh, you know, basically saying – it's been a great nine years. It'd be great if it could be more kind of thing. Um, but that's really it uh, in terms of um, him talking about the potential of him coming back to this team even. Heard you uh, saw that you spoke to Lucas Giolito after the game. What did he and Miguel Cairo have to say about Jose Abreu? Everybody else that wears a White Sox uniform uh, would love, love, love to have uh, Jose Abreu back next season. And uh, in some cases, uh, they have answered positively. When I've asked, do th does this team need to of Jose Abreu back uh, next season. Uh, in a lot of cases, they said, yes, absolutely. Be that Tim Anderson earlier today, be that Luis Robert when we talked to him recently, or Aloy Jimenez. Um, Lu Lucas Giolito said that he, he, you know, he thought about it a little bit more and said, I don't know if any team necessarily needs one certain player but if they, but if there was one that you had to pick, it would be Jose Abreu for this White Sox team. He is obviously also very hopeful that Jose Abreu can come back next year. Miguel Cairo, same thing, you know, talking about how much Jose means to this clubhouse and means to this team. And, you know, uh, lost perhaps in the whole everybody's talking about how important he is behind the scenes. Remember what he does, in, uh, you know, when, when the bright lights are on, too. He, he uh, was this team's best hitter this season. Uh, he is going to be one of the top uh, hits uh, leaders in the American League. He has one of the highest batting averages and on-base percentages of his career. Uh, you know, there, there is a lot that he does uh, that is more than just what everybody compliments him for, which is being a leader and being the guy in that clubhouse. Uh, he also happens to be as good of a middle-of-the-order bat uh, as, as White Sox fans have seen in in many years yeah I, I thought Aloy's uh quote from your story was interesting yeah why not he's been fantastic this year all the years that he's played this year why not he's been one of the most motivating players that we have day in day out no matter how he feels he's out there so why not um do you have a real reason on why not I I I think that clearly it would be the first base and DH log jam that they've created. And like I've said, I've, I've kind of made the case that it's just easy to separate at this point, but especially with uh, a player that you even referred to that Jerry Reinsdorf said would not play in a different uniform. Uh, you know, that has seemed to gone away in the past three years. So why not? And maybe what has happened to cause that divide where, you know, it's not, I'll sign myself and you know, he's not going to be in a different uniform. What, what, what's created that you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a divide there. Nobody has spoken on saying that he feels. And not tr yeah, not trying to create a divide about, either. I just want well, to make no, that I'm, clear. I'm trying to. I'm right. trying to explain. Just saying, like he has not said he feels any differently about the White Sox organization. The White Sox organization has not said that they feel any differently about him. Um, it, it. I think we probably should remember that the way he acted in 2019 was the unusual thing, right? And so this is a lot more what you hear from any player who's going to free agency across the game. Um, the 
one thing that he did say, he was asked that question, why is this so different this time around as it was the last time? And he said, I've been through the process before now. And so I guess read into that what you will, but uh, no real details other than that. Maybe he's a guy who, um, you know, felt like he uh, uh, put put it out there too much and that it hurt him from a business perspective. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm, I, you would only be guessing at that reason why he said that. Um, but certainly the, the talk is much, much different, and, and you cannot uh, avoid that, that reality, uh, whether it's Jose not saying all the things that he said or whether it's Rick Hahn coming out yesterday and basically saying a, same, a similar thing, uh, uh, taking a wait-and-see approach uh, for what's going to happen this year. He referenced, uh, you know, that Jose returning you know, has an effect, a ripple effect on how everybody else fits on this roster. You know, the same sort of thing we've been talking about for weeks at this point. Um, that was acknowledged by the general manager in his press conference yesterday. Uh, not something that you would necessarily expect to hear from a guy who, you know, forget all the franchise icon stuff. This is a guy who hits as well or better than anybody else in this lineup. And, and to me, at the end of the day, if Jose Abreu wants to come back to the White Sox, if your best hitter wants to come back to your team and sign up for another year or more, that's going to be very, very difficult and frankly bordering on downright, downright stupid to say, no, 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 we don't want you. We don't want the best hitter on our team to come back after this year we just had where we couldn't score any runs for the vast majority of the year. Um, it might be that that's the way it turns out because – they might, Sean, they might agree with you and say, we've got other pieces that are going to be part of this for a long term, and they need to fit better in order for us to, to, to move forward with our plan. Maybe that's the way it goes. Um, but what you cannot say, you cannot watch Jose Abreu the, over the course of this three-year contract and say, nah, he's not going to give me what I think that he's going to give me. He has proven that he is as consistent as he was in the first six years uh, in a White Sox uniform. Obviously, the power numbers are down this year. It's been the case with the entire roster, um, and he didn't really have much of an answer to explain why that was the case today either. But um, listen, I think for the for the value that the guy brings to the chemistry and makeup of this team, plus the absolute just picture of consistency that he is at the plate, uh, I, to me, if he wants to come back, you gotta you gotta have that conversation and, and have them very seriously. I, I would agree. I, I don't think that you should let the franchise icon, like you said, and again the player and caliber of player that he is, just walk. But I, I think you need to at least take it under advisement. And I, I wonder too, like since Rick Hahn got the chance to speak yesterday, and we know Jose Abreu was behind you. Well documented by Imogen. Um, that was a great photo, by the way. Um, so we know that, you know, Jose was listening in that room. Like, do you think that he possibly could be mirroring what Rick's saying just to, again, be a company, you know, tow that company line again? Or do you think it was a little bit different? Like, oh, since I've gone through the free agency process in 2019, I, I've, I've learned more. I'm now 36 years old um, and I understand my worth as a player. Like, you think it's which way do you think that might be leaning or is it just speculation? Well, I'll just say this. Those comments date back to spring training. I mean, the first time we heard about this, the first time our, our radars went up on, on why, uh, you know, or on, on this at all was in spring training. When he was asked about this being the end of his contract, he said stuff similar to the stuff he's saying now, which is, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It might be here. It might be retired. It might be elsewhere. And he's not doing anything other than 
telling you all the possible things that could happen, listing the possible outcomes. Um, but again, just the dramatic difference between uh, what he said a few years ago and really a guy who at every turn has complimented this organization, you know, uh, overwhelmingly. Uh, he again thanked Jerry Reinsdorf today for the opportunity to play. Him and Jerry have had a, a close, you know, or a, a very good relationship uh, over his time here in Chicago. And, and you brought it up. It was Jerry Reinsdorf who basically promised him that he would never wear another uniform. It was Jerry Reinsdorf who had that ring made up for him after he hit for the cycle, you'll remember. Um, you know, this is a guy who means a lot to this organization. Uh, and uh, I, I still think it would be near impossible. Uh, hell, uh, Lucas Giolito was just asked, what would it be like to see him in another uniform? He said it would hurt. It would hurt is what he said. And, and I think that that is true to an extent. But uh, I, I think there are overwhelming reasons and a number of them uh, in which are for the for why Jose Abreu should be back on this roster next year, and many of them don't have to do with the fact that one day he'll have a jersey, his jersey number retired, and one day he'll have a statue on the concourse. You're talking about next year. He can really help this team uh, uh, as well as anybody. I think. Well, and Liam, in your your story, mentioned that you know he's the top of the war leaderboards when you check that. Um, but also, you mentioned you know what Jerry said before he signed in 2019. You know, making that cycle ring, um, saying he's going to be a White Sox. He was. Won the MVP in 2020. Like he's added to the resume and much more. It's not like he just signed the three year contract and was bad. I mean, you even said like you thought the three year contract was a mistake. He, he's, Initially, he's, yeah. He's thought, proven that it's a steal. Yeah. I mean, Eric Hosmer and Brandon Belt are making more money than him. I'll take Jose Abreu. Yeah. And the thing I got to say about Jose Abreu is I want him back, and there's myriad reasons for that. But one of the least ones, the reasons I think is you don't want to make the same Carlos Rodon mistake where you let a guy who you've groomed from either drafting him or sign him a free agent got up to a level, got to a great level. This is his third best uh, offensive season in his uh, career, actually, Sean. So the power is not there, but he's actually having a great offensive year. Never said he wasn't. I know. But you don't want to make the mistake of, all right, Jose, you get to go. And then they non-tender it, or they don't. They don't offer him a qualifying offer there, and then he just goes without any like actual attachments to him. So I don't I, think they could even. I don't think he is up for a qualifying offer. No, no. I think he received of, one. He received one in tw after the 2019 season. They gave him a qualifying offer, and so I believe that makes him ineligible for it. Can't be now. okay. Remember. Then yeah. I'm wrong. Then, but the, I could be wrong too. I could be wrong too. I just, we all I think could that's be how wrong. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> the big <laughs> thing is, and experts. I think that. Everybody understands this is Jose Abreu means more to the White Sox than he means to any other team. Like he's more valuable to the White Sox than he is to any other team. That's why the White Sox should re-sign him because he's actually good and he's an actual ambassador for the team. The Cuban lineage is also good. All the things that Jose Abreu brings to the table are fantastic. So this is the reason why I, yes, it's a glut, but it's not Jose Abreu's fault that they have a glut at first base, DH, right field, left field. Jose Abreu is the best hitter out of that crew. He should be brought back. And that's my two cents on it. Not necessarily a question for you, Vinny, there, but uh, if Sean wants to ask something well, right here. Yeah, I just want to follow up. Uh, Vinny, you're right. Um, uh, if the qualifying offer system, clubs wishing to receive compensation, basically the player has not received a quali qualifying offer before previously in his career, um, and he did back on November 14th, 2019, when he accepted a 7.8 uh, deal. So he did already 
uh, receive a qualifying offer, accepted it, and uh, that that won't be an issue this year. He'll either be a free agent um, and sign with the White Sox, or he won't. And I, I honestly see it playing out. If he signs early on in the free agency, I think that's good for White Sox fans. I think if it kind of takes like two to three weeks, I think he's looking through the options and making a, a, a decision. And I think that kind of leaves it more up into the balance. And I think if he even goes past that, then I think it kind of favors the Sox more because then he's kind of, you know, I, I'm just, you know, this is all hypothetical, but I think it would just be playing out the heartstrings at that point. And it's like, do I really want to go? I don't know. Um, but I, I think if, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that market plays out because it seems like he wants to at least um, explore it. Um, someone else that might be exploring the free agent market, uh, Johnny Cueto, um, he ended up making his last start for the White Sox last night. Uh, we saw him have a new run running buddy up in the uh, upper deck today, huh? Yeah. Luis Robert joined him uh, to do a little running They're They're all with Johnny's out there all the time, but uh, he had yet to uh, recruit anybody to run alongside him, uh, <laughs> at least to my knowledge until today. And uh, we saw Luis Robert go out there. Um, yeah. Did, did Johnny Cueto talk today or anything uh, after last night about um, wanting to stay with this team or, or his future in 2023? I mean, he basically said he'd be open to it, um, you know, and if, if that were to work out that way, you know, very standard issue answer there. But um, uh, he said that he wants to pitch another two or three years. I mean, and, and I think uh, you saw this year with the um, um, the consistent workload that he was able to have and basically every start he made. Uh, I think that there's uh, really uh, nothing, uh, nothing stopping him from doing that. That being said, I don't think I'm not quite sure if anybody's going to give him a three year contract, but, uh, you know, uh, to be able to keep pitching for that long, be it on, uh, you know, maybe multiple deals, uh, certainly uh, within the realm of possibility. Overall, bad season for Lucas Giolito, but he finishes off pretty strong for himself. Velocity's not there, but he looked good in his last two starts versus the Twins. What do you have to say about finishing strong? Yeah, I think he admitted that he never found the stuff that that he was looking for, and the, the the stuff, if you will, never never worked out for him really after after he lost it early in the season. Um, but he was ha- he was happy to be able to see the last few outings that uh, you know he could he could still make it work. He could still get get some of the results that he was looking for, uh, even when things weren't weren't necessarily going his way from the way he would like it uh, to come out of his hands. So um, I think he was certainly pleased with ending on a positive note. But he knows that the offseason is going to be very important for him as he looks to try to get back to that level he was at previously. Well, I just saw your tweet, too, about Miguel Cairo talking about tomorrow's lineup might be weird, but uh, it will exclude Jose Abreu. So uh, let's just ask this question now, and we'll obviously revisit this a lot during the offseason. But um, do we think this is Jose uh, Jose Abreu's last game as a White Sox? Uh, We'll start with you, Vinny. Is it White Sox or White Sox? I I I think it's personal preference. I like White Sox. Yeah, White Sox. Yeah. Because if you have a pair of socks and and you only have one of one, them, then you know that's sock. a sock. That's a solitary sock. So that would be my opinion. But I know others have different ideas. The whole ending in an X thing, I think, really throws everybody off too. So, made up word. Uh, yes. uh, but uh, but uh, listen, I would have to say no, just because I can't see I can't see him wearing another uniform. I really can't. I I I think that um, I think there are tough decisions to make. I if I'm I, let's put it this way. I, I'm not quite as um, hell-bent on uh, at all costs removing uh, some of the poor defense from the corner outfield spots. Uh, it is undoubtedly a problem. I think the White Sox obviously should try to get as good as they possibly can there, but I think that offense is what wins you games, even though defense wins you championships, so they say. But I think that uh, scoring more runs is is the, the, the cure 
to solving what went wrong with the White Sox this year. And if you can have Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn and Aloy Jimenez all in that lineup together, then you do it. And I think you figure it out after that. If that means Aloy Jimenez has to play left field next year Ugh. and that makes everybody mad, then so be it. If that, uh, if that means Andrew Vaughn has to play some more in the outfield next year and everybody hates that, then so be it. You got to remember, too, A.J. Pollock is soaking up one of those corner outfield spots as well. Um, Gavin Sheets might be the guy who, who ends up being – you know, left out of this whole rotation. I don't know. I just think that if there is interest in Jose Abreu coming back, you have to bring him back. And uh, and I don't mean that you're handcuffed. I mean, you should do that for the benefit of this team. So uh, that is my opinion. Uh, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to play out. But if you ha- ask me to, you know, say, are we going to see Abreu in a White Sox uniform after tomorrow? I believe the answer will be yes. I'm one of the people who say Sox is singular and plural because it's a made up word. Secondly, I think that Jose Abreu should come back and the White Sox no, should. No, will, will he come back? Yes, yes or no? Yes, okay. he will come back. I think he has no other place. I mean, he has plenty of other places to go, but there's no other place that is for him than Chicago. He's got to be here next year as the leader of this team. And I saw somebody put it in the uh, comment section that he's not a leader. That's incorrect. Like Nothing can be further from the truth. Now, if people don't want to listen to him, or things like that, that's on them. But I think at the very minimum, he's a leader by example, posting every day, showing up, hurt, and still playing. That's leadership, showing you the way that a veteran is supposed to go go about his business. Jose Abreu, at very minimum, the stuff that we see on the TV screen, just as fans, he's a leader all the the way there. Yeah, I don't think he's a negative to the team. I I don't think that, you know, it it would be... Bad to keep him on the roster, but I, I think this will be his last game as a White Sox. Um, and I, I think that your point about defense is fair, Vinny. I would be more willing to see Aloy Jimenez play left field than I think Andrew Vaughn, but I'm for seeing Aloy Jimenez play left field. But also, they made a longer-term contract or a contractual agreement with Aloy Jimenez than they did Aloy, uh, Jose Abreu. I think they have a, a, a more... You know, uh, they they have more of a, a need to protect Aloy Jimenez, which means I think he should be playing DH. And I I I think you know Andrew Vaughn would improve at first base. I think you can make up the offense that is lost by Jose Abreu if Aloy is healthy and Andrew Vaughn has fresh legs playing first base. Which you know, but then I could be proven wrong. But you then you can't you can't Sean you can't make it up <laughs> from those two guys. I mean seriously, the, the the entire rest of the roster would have to would have to pick it up a lot because this guy is not just. Uh, you know, the guy who hits sixth and, 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 you know, comes through every once in a while. This is the best hitter on the team. Uh, this year, he was the best hitter on the team. It doesn't mean he would be next year, but um, for years now, multiple years, he has been the best hitter on the team. And so that production is going to have to come from a lot of different sources, not just, all right, well, now we put Andrew Vaughn in the right position. So there you go. All is, all is said and all is said and done. I'm I'm not denying that you know Jose Abreu has been the best hitter. He pr- production wise, he's been the best hitter over the past three years without a doubt. Um, but you know, we always saw that there was the shirt with the 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 guys as the TMT and you know it was uh, Aloy and uh, Luis Robert and Tim Anderson and Yoan Moncada as you know the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you know Jose Abreu was Splinter. Like Splinter is old, guys. Splinter is doing too much work. Splinter's the Teenage Mutant Ninja ass, Turtles though. need to grow up and help Splinter out. So you know something needs to happen this offseason, and I just think that taking Splinter away from the kids uh, could help them grow. You just said that you think that Andrew Vaughn. 
and Aloy Jimenez could make up the the points or the runs that Jose Abreu would leave off there. Why would not have Jose Abreu there to have that more runs? And then if those guys are going to be having those runs anyways, Jose Abreu is going to be doing Jose Abreu things already. More runs better, yes. Um, But also, I just think that we've seen Aloy Jimenez be injury prone. We've seen Andrew Vaughn wear out through the end of of the years. I, I just think that... Placing him at first base, you'd get a longer, more sustainable production from Andrew Vaughn, and I think you get a longer, more sustainable production from Aloy Jimenez, which might finally turn into a 40-home run season for Aloy Jimenez, which we saw from Jose Abreu. The, the power has suffered. I, I you know, I, He's been a fantastic contact hitter. He's gotten on base at a ridiculous amount, second in an AL and hits, smoked a double earlier today. Like the, His ability to hit is still there, but I think that power-wise and run production-wise, that could be picked up by Andrew Vaughn and Aloy Jimenez. That's why you drafted Andrew Vaughn with a top three pick, and that's why you signed Aloy to the deal he did. And that's not even mentioning Luis Robert, who should be healthy and not have his wrist injury. And he was supposed to be a guy with 30-30 speed and power as well. We haven't seen that on the south side. Like, you know, I understand Jose Abreu has done his job, but, you know, he's done his job, and they're still 81 and 81 at at worst and 82 and 80 at best. The thing is, he is literally on fan grass. If you value... War, F-War, or B-War, he is the 41st best player in baseball, according to F-War. Huh? I'm not denying that. I mean, Never so why he wasn't I'm like, but like, you're subtracting that just because the other people are sucky. Like, you don't, you don't go down to their level. You need to, to find level. out what this team is. No. Are they sucky or are they not? I think getting rid of Jose, we know what Jose Abreu is. Jose so, Abreu is so a that's fantastic top tier first baseman. Why take that constant away? That constant that is hey. good, take, why you take that away for nothing? You're nope. not getting anything for that. These guys who you're trying to put in positions to win may not be good, may yep. not be great. Aloy might just be injury prone at DH, at left field, anywhere. And Andrew Vaughn might just be an under-20 home run guy. So I wouldn't take away the thing that is a constant. No matter what, Jose's going to post. Jose's going to put up some numbers. And he's going to lead the team no matter what. I don't want to take that away just because I want to try to give Aloy 150 games. If he can... If he could do it, cool, but I don't want to take Jose Abreu away just because these other two guys got to play different positions. They may be a podcast host, not a GM. So, I, I, I mean, that's 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 my answer there. Um, Elvis Andrews, the 50th most war in, in Major League Baseball this year in fan graphs. So, uh, you keep him. it, you keep in Elvis Andrews too? Yeah. No, I'm taking him away because he'll have to switch to a different position. Right. I, well, I, and Jose doesn't have to. Uh, Jose might have to switch to DH. Um, we'll, put Aloy, uh, we'll put Aloy at first base. Um, anyways, Vinny, um, thank you for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, thank you for the great articles. Uh, you could read Vinny's recent work about Tony LaRusso's uh, Retirement press conference, you could talk, uh, read about uh, Rick Hahn and what his press conference meant for the 2023 um, and 2022 offseason, and then also his most recent piece about Jose Abreu and what the players had to say about Jose Abreu and what he meant to the team. Uh, make sure you cover you follow Vinny um, on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He'll be covering the final Sox game, Game 162, tomorrow. Anything you're looking forward to besides the end of the season? Uh, I mean, I think Abreu has become a story now here the last couple of days, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe he gets a uh, a late pinch hit or, or something for everybody to uh, to give him some claps. But uh, 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, I don't know what that crowd's going to look like, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 see how that uh, we'll see how it all plays out, and if he gets any sort of uh, little send off, maybe in case anybody's thinking that uh, this might be the end for him.
Was it thin tonight, crowd-wise? One of the thinner ones Announced the attendance was 24. No, 24,000. Okay. And that was the announced. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't seem to be a very uh, a, a very big crowd. But, hey, as we always say with this team, uh, the day of the week is what matters the most. And uh, a Tuesday night uh, in, in October, in early October, is probably not uh, a recipe for drawing uh, an immense amount of people. Before we let you go, uh, Herb uh, Clark was wondering about hats. Uh, I got the Mets hat on. You have a 108 hat on. Uh, what's your hat, Vinny? Is it Grateful Dead? Grateful Dead. There you go. Grateful Dead. And then a Shakespeare Theater shirt as well. Shakespeare's Pizza from oh, uh, pizza. that's that's down that's down in uh, in Columbia, Missouri, where I went to school. So that's a, a nice uh, an old haunt down there. Is that St. Louis style? Oh God, no, Herb! Okay. I would not touch that with a ten foot pole. Ritz cracker <laughs> with some ketchup on it? No, thank you. Amen. Go Tigers! Thank you, uh, Vinny. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, uh, the good Mizzou boy uh, that he is. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. See you, Vinny. See you guys. Uh, that was fun. All right, uh, let's. Uh, you yelled at me, Herb. You I screamed yell at, at me. you. Screamed at me. I just like raised my voice a little parent. bit. Alex said, "Preach, Herb." So hey. I had to preach. Oh, well, and we know Beef Loaf is a pro Jose guy. And he knows that your uh, your Andrew Vaughn's not going to have as much uh, trade oh, value. Oh my God, Beefloaf! If you ever figured out how to use Fangraphs and figured out what Z contact was, oh. you'd see where uh, uh, Andrew Vaughn is Ooh. this year. Top fifty, my friend. I care more about that than WAR. F WAR. I mean, he's playing first base. He Andrew Vaughn sucks. could post a four WAR season at first base. Give Can me he? a break. Yes. Can he? Yes. Can he? Yes, he has a, a a below one war because he's playing fucking left field, Herb. He was drafted as a first baseman and as a DH. Hey, give me a break with this Andrew Vaughn as an outfielder bullshit. There's there's a old saying: no excuses, play like a champion. Oh Jesus Christ, he's doing his best out there. He's, he's just not slow. doing his best. He's, he's terrible. Slow. He's, he's terrible. All right, he's terrible. He's terrible. And if you're all worried about what Jose Abreu is, Jose Abreu is going to go somewhere and post. Jose Abreu is a professional ball player. Yes. If Andrew Vaughn goes somewhere, he's going to post a. 10-year career that you would be yearning for to be in a White Sox uniform, period. Um, we did post a poll. Would you be okay with seeing Jose Abreu in a uniform, another uniform next season? Uh, 52% said yes. 47% said no. 255 votes. So I guess they lean towards me. Please, be flow. Let's bet on Sean for war, F4 season for Vaughn's career. How much you want? Next year. Right? How much you want, King? Let's go. I, I see you roll big a on your Jets steak. bets. What, what do you want to do? Do a steak, steak bet dinner? Like, like, That's him, it? like him. I can, I can take this man for a, a, okay, a grand. Next We're talking year. talking about a G-note right here? You I'm next turn year, down that bag? You think no. Andrew Vaughn's going to be a, a four war? Steak? I could buy myself a steak. Four war. He said for his career. Give me that. He didn't. Especially if the dumbass White Sox trade him. That guy will go to Chase Field and post a four war season, 25 home runs, 120 RBIs, easy. Hitting 325. 385, slugging 515. All I get to know about Andrew Vaughn is he's shown flashes of being the best hitter, and I've said it, he was, but also a two years of him slowing down, of him getting tired at the end of the year. That's on Andrew Vaughn. You need to have yourself a better conditioning program where you can last 162 games. If you're going to be the guy that Sean's going to be replacing Peter with, the expectations will be as such. You're going to be playing first base for the White Sox. 30 and 100 will have to be posted every year. And every game, you will have to play, Andrew Vaughn, because that's what Jose Breu does. So we got a we gotta big time. Hasn't Andrew Vaughn led the team in uh, or second in games played in the past two years? Yeah, but you have he's, you, he's, he's done exactly what Jose ha, Breu has you, done. Have you seen the numbers? Position. Have you seen the numbers, though? What number? The yeah, man his has numbers because he's off playing the table. In left field, Herb. 
It's falling off the table. Okay. All right. And hey, you let him fall off a table, but no other organization would put him in left field, period. And if they put him at no. first base, he'd be put, posting a you fine year. You don't need to argue me about this shite games. organization. I'm number one on this organization being terrible. So, so why are you blaming this kid? This kid played 50 games in the minor leagues, was called up because they needed to bail his ass and his talent to bail him out. And what he's done is he survived off his talent in the major leagues, playing out of position because he's slow as hell in left field, trying to chase balls down. I mean, he's he's falling flat on his face when he dies. He's not athletic enough to play the outfield. Barely giving you a win this year. He's he's, he's at zero war this yeah. year on B war. I I understand it's ugly, but you want you want let's just take out the defense and what, what's his offensive war at? Um, I bet you it's pretty high. I'm not like too worried about Andrew Vaughn. I, I think we'd be stupid to get rid of him. His his offensive war is a two. His defensive war is a negative two point six on Baseball Reference. He's terrible in left field because he's not a left fielder. Hey. I'd be a terrible left fielder too. I'd also be swinging up a spaghetti bat and not be hitting shit. This guy has shown you something. Anyways, uh, if you want to see him show you something, you could check out the Game Time app. Herb there and I go. were... There you go, Beef Flow. 103 career OPS plus. Impressive. Okay, friends. All right. He's an average. Yep. He's, he's uh, slightly yep. above average Let's hitter. Let's take that slightly. out of context. Let's not remember that he was forced into an outfield spot last year. He injured his back making a dive in right field mm. against the Yankees, and his batting average completely dipped off from August 15th, 2021 to the end of the year. Let's not use any context. Let's not use any, um, what's it called, uh, uh, colors here. Let's just do black and white. 103 career OPS plus. Hey, Beef, last time you co- compared OPS plus between Elvis Andrus and, and Leury Garcia, the guy that came over, hit nine home runs, has 17 home runs this year. Leury Garcia has 34 career home runs. Elvis Andrus hit 20 home runs in his career before. I mean, we don't have to just look at OPS plus. These sounds like excuses to me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, Game time hey, we is just the talked hottest. About, we just talked about Vinny, and he went to Missouri. Show me, State. Show me this. Right. Show me. Show me, champion. Put, him at, put him at first base. Oh, God. Put him at first base, and he'll show you it. You can, hey, he'll show you it. Fine. Hey, what's wrong? He'll post I, I, a four-war season. A two-war on offense is still not that impressive. He could still hit, if he, even if he plays... Left field, and he's tired. I don't care. You can still hit. He was one of those players that was said that, you know, you you don't have to run 100% to first base. I think that you can see that clearly him playing the outfield has taken a toll on his legs and his ability to drive the ball, and yet he still leads this team in home runs. Well, Andrew Vaughn, I got to tell you, if you're watching this, get ready to play outfield next year. Get yourself in condition next year because you might have to play outfield if Pito comes back. So get yourself in condition. Hey. Get yourself ready for the grind of 162. Don't think you're a first baseman. Get yourself ready. Go go and visit Johnny Cueto and run some of those damn stairs. Andrew, if you are off tomorrow, if you're not in the lineup, I want you to buy a ticket on Game Time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and show. You can get a workout in while you're at work. You can head up to the 500 level. They're probably a dollar because tomorrow they get the best last-minute price drops. We were able to find great seats for about $10 a piece upper deck where Johnny Cueto's running. That's going to be a buck, maybe 50 cents for Andrew Vaughn to get a ticket up to the 500 levels and start running up and down if he's not in that lineup. But if you're, you know, if you dreamed of bigger goals than the 500 section of guaranteed rate field, maybe you've thought about sitting behind home plate. The biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats. You never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal a season on white Sox tickets because tomorrow will be the final white Sox game that you can go to. If you're looking for a last minute ticket deal, 
go out and buy it through game time. It's cheap. It's very affordable. It's very, um, it, it gets you in at, at a good price. Um, it was created by the fans for the fans. You're going to be getting the fans price and it also guarantees the lowest price. If you find a better deal on a different site, you can contact their fantastic customer support and you will get your money back 110% of it guaranteed through game time. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also want to let you know about CHGO. Um, we've been doing this for over six months now. It has been fantastic. Um, today is actually the seventh month anniversary because it? it was the, it was the fourth of March. It so, was. Uh, today is October 4th. So happy seven month birthday to our seven year old. Um, and CHGO, we're trying to give you the best Chicago sports coverage, whether it be the White Sox, whether it be the Blackhawks, whether it be the Bulls. We got Big Dave and Matt Peck screaming over here over a preseason game. Jay and Mario are probably screaming over the Hawks preseason game. Check out allchgo.com. You can see Vinny Duber's fantastic writing up there. If you're a Sox fan, you'll get access to our CHGO Discord. We get to chat with all of us CHGO personalities, and you get a free shirt from the CHGO Locker. And we have fantastic new designs popping in there weekly. So check out that deal at allchgo.com. We love you guys. Uh, we love the support from our members. And uh, let's continue this Jose Abreu talk real quick. Mm -hmm. um, and let's go to the man himself, Rick Hahn, who talked about Jose Abreu's future. And uh, maybe we can uh, get a little bit of clues here from uh, Rick Hahn. You know, look, he's been exemplary in terms of what you want a White Sox player to be for 10 years now. It's not nine years in a White Sox uniform. No matter what the future holds for him here or elsewhere, I don't think you're ever going to hear anyone with this organization say a bad word about Jose. Nothing but admiration and respect for the professionalism and the way he's carried himself both on the field and, and off. Um, how it fits going forward, that remains to be seen come, come this offseason. Um, obviously, there's uh, only so many different ways that you can fit various players on the roster and Jose returning would have a ripple effect on others, but we'll just have to wait to see how things unfold and, and make those decisions accordingly. I, again, I, going back to the first part of your statement, yeah, I really don't want to talk about individual players too much right now. Let them finish the season strong, and there'll be plenty of time in the offseason for further conversation. Now, the one issue that we have with that is that we don't think Rick Hahn will speak again until a manager is named, which... I mean, that, that might be after the World Series. We're not sure. Um, maybe we'll get more clarity on what the White Sox will do with Jose Abreu. But I think the big thing that he mentioned was it will have a ripple effect. So I would assume that's the first thing that they're going to try to decide, just out of common courtesy for Jose. If they want to engage with contract negotiations with him, I think they're going to try to do that as quick as possible for his sake so he knows what he can do. He knows what he can expect out of a free agency process if he needs to. I don't think they want to dick around with him because of what he's meant to the franchise. Exactly. You want to treat him with the dignity that he has earned. And just like they did with Ozzie Guillen when they called him like the day after and said that you're not going to be getting a job after they fired Ricky Renteria, you need to tell Jose Abreu if you've made that decision already, hey, Jose, man, thank you. Man, nine years, awesome. But we're not going to be re-signing you so you know, you have plenty of options other places. So thank you very much. And that's all. And probably won't be pu pushing that to the press 
maybe have a press conference before Jose was to officially hit free agency just to say goodbye to the media, to say goodbye to the fans officially because today was kind of that. But, you know, there was a, you know, there's a possibility he could come back. If there's some finality to it, you got to have something where Jose's speaking to the fans and speaking to the media uh, on the podium or something like that. So they owe him that much to just say, we're going to go try to sign you again, but, you know, other teams are going to try to get you too, or we're not going to try to sign you and – that we just wanted to let you know before free agency started. Right. And I want to go to um, one of the quotes from uh, from Jose today. Uh, Abreu's, and this is from Vinny's uh, piece today, Abreu's future remains uncertain, though the speculation that 2022 might end in retirement can be thrown in the trash. The first baseman speaking ahead of the team's penultimate game. Nice big word there, Vinny. Uh, Tuesday made it clear he badly wants to keep playing Major League Ball in 2023. Claro, he exclaimed, responding with the Spanish word for, of course. I was going to say that. When asked whether he wanted to be extended, uh, wanted to extend his career past the next two days. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for more baseball. I would assume that, you know, he comes back to the White Sox. He's playing 150 games at first, right? So, I mean, the White Sox, that makes that decision and filling out that roster much easier. You have Grandal set at catcher because nobody wants that contract. You have Moncada set at third base because nobody wants that contract. You got Robert set at center. You got uh, Anderson set at short. You'd have Abreu then at first base. Then it's about figuring out DH, left field, right field, and second base. And I think along with that, um, here is Rick Hahn's answer about trading pieces of the future and the core and maybe guys like Andrew Vaughn. You've always said, you know, that you kind of approach things by really not taking any ideas off the table uh, in terms of, you know, changing the roster in any way. Uh, does that include this year maybe having to make some tough decisions or, or just think about uh, maybe breaking up this young core? That you yeah, you have to be open to that. You absolutely have to be open to that because there are, you know, look, we're not just going to, be able to throw money at the problem so you might have to get creative and and the trade market may be the more uh, fruitful path for us to go as opposed to free agency over the coming months Um, and frankly going back to jesse's question like you want to make sure that you're comfortable enough to make those tough decisions about players that you may have signed or developed or traded for and you don't get sort of caught in some sort of bias in favor of you know, what we thought we put together. Uh, but I am confident that we'll be able to evaluate any of the opportunities that come along over the next few months objectively and with the goal of getting us right back in contention for 23, even if that means cutting into guys that we previously thought were going to be, you know, with us for an extended period of time. But yes, to, yes we'll be open-minded. So they'll be open-minded is what he said. And I think people really saw like, you know, we won't be able to throw money at the problem. We talked about that with Vinny yesterday. I think what he just said and what we took away from that press conference is that they will be open. So I think it just says, hey, if Abreu signs, we're open to trading Vaughn. We're trading, we're open to trading Aloy. We're open to trading whoever. But also I think it means we're open to keeping those guys if Jose Bray wants to make it easy on us and says, you know, I don't want anything to do with your franchise. I don't think you'd use words like that, but I, I really wasn't able to get a lean or a tell on where Rick Hahn wants to go and what he wants to happen with this team. I think, if anything, I will just stake my claim. Bray's gone because I think it's just best for the team. Um, but Vaughn, you're saying that, you know, <laughs> you got to prove it. Um 
does he still have the greatest trade value on this team? And, and would you be against getting rid of him? No, Aloy has the greatest trade value. Or Dylan Cease has the greatest trade value if we're talking about hitter all wise, the players. But if we're talking about hitters, Aloy, people in the comments said he's been one of the best hitters in the second half. Yes. And guess who saw that? Every other team in Major League Baseball. But you know what Aloy is? Not dependable. He's not available. He has played only, what, 318 games in his career. Like, I don't know how many. Like, he has played 130. Let's see. 122 in his rookie year of 162. 55 in the shortened season of 60. 55 last year of 162. And 84 of this year of 162. That cannot be a thing. You cannot depend on him to post. And that is a big-time problem, a huge problem. So if you can find something of value for Aloy Jimenez, I would trade him like that immediately. Yes, I know Aloy Jimenez is eventually going to be an all-star. But on this team that Rick Hahn has assembled on, somebody in the comments made a perfect, perfect uh, quote. He said that Rick Hahn has assembled a lot of talent, but he didn't. What is it right there? You got it? Han did a fine job of assembling talent, but a poor job of building a baseball team. Spot on Gator Bite. It is a team with, filled with designated hitters, filled with people who can't play defense correctly, including their catcher. And they need to make this team a little bit well-rounded, a little better defensively. And if you can find a person that is of equal or better value than Aloy Jimenez or a couple people, you might have to pull the trigger on that because Aloy Jimenez... You can't keep on going this year or next year. And then in the middle of June, oh, Lloyd's done this or that. He's out for the next three months. And when you say it, you're like, yeah, of course. That's what Aloy does. Aloy gets hurt. Whether it's his fault or not, he gets hurt. And you can't keep on going back to that and saying, I'm going to trust you this year. We're going to be posting 150 games. No, you can't. Well, and I, I want to go to, Stephen, you flashed the graphic. I'll, I'll go to the graphic now, actually. Um, you talk about missing those games, and I think that's an important thing here. I mean, again, Andrew Vaughn's played over 120 games in both of his seasons. I, I understand that the production's fallen down. In the first half this season, he had an OPS of 813. In the second half, it was 678. In September, it's 603. I think he's just losing steam here. But uh, flashing on the screen right now is value missed per games. And you could see, just looking at it in a different way, because we've seen you know games missed and, and war. Um, this is from baseball perspectives and value missed. Um, Sox near the top of where it comes to value missed. And I think that's Aloy Jimenez. That's Tim Anderson. That's Luis Robert. Um, those Injuries ended up being mishandled, clearly. I think you could look at the Luis Robert uh, injury. The Tim Anderson one's a bad break. Um, but even the Aloy one, I mean, you can make questions. If he had this such a great of a, a second half, should they have just been more strict and said, you should not be playing the outfield? And I understand that his injury happened running the bases, but maybe he's not using his legs as much if he's playing the outfield. I do think we want to downplay the idea of, you know, these guys having bad legs and stuff like that. And, you know, you got to man up and you got to put some dirt on it and go out and play left field because that's where your position is and and make yourself, you know, uh, you know, fit in, in, in Major League Baseball. I think Aloy tried his best when he was out there. I think he's just uncoordinated and also injury prone. And I think Andrew Vaughn tried his best, but I just think he's not athletic enough. Um, like I, I do think that that log jam is, is vast and they need to figure out. And I think again, chipping away at it slowly, we'll start with, uh, you know, with Jose Abreu and, and, and doing that down. But 
I, I think trading Aloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn, where they have so much future value, is just a mistake. I think you got to learn how to manage Aloy Jimenez and you got to learn how to manage Andrew Vaughn because I think they're going to be much, much more fruitful than signing a 36 year old first baseman. But this is the thing you don't have leaders in the front office. Aloy Jimenez got hurt in spring training trying to jump over the fence for a ball that was hit 15 feet over that and he tore his pectoral. At that point where he, that was like his third time getting hurt in the outfield because he was trying to make a play, you. Rick Hahn, you, Kenny Williams, you, somebody on the team, had to say, I don't give a goddamn if you don't feel like playing designated hitter. You're playing designated hitter. That is your role from here on out. They should have said that to him last year. And they didn't. 55 games this year, or last year, and then comes back for this year, gets hurt again. Now, you said it was on running, but he's injury prone. You got to take him away from getting injured more so next year yes 100 percent Aloy Jimenez you have to be the designated hitter but will they have enough leadership will they have enough balls to say to Aloy Jimenez you're not seeing the field at all you're Jordan Alvarez now you are a designated hitter exclusively but they don't do that that's the thing I can see next year him coming out and him having a left field glove and him playing in left field in uh, spring training and him starting the season as our left fielder. That is the thing that this organization fails at. They have a bunch of them and they don't have enough balls to just say, you're a hitter. That's what we got you for. We didn't get you for your, your glove. You're a hitter. That's it. Stop doing anything else. If you take the 72 game sample since the lawyer Jimenez returned on July 6th, he would have given you over 162 games, which I know is a lot to ask for him. 34 home runs, and 104 RBIs. If you want to replace Jose Abreu, put Aloy Jimenez at DH and put Andrew Vaughn at first base, I think you'd get great results. And I think that's where the balls come from. It just says it's time to make a business decision. Yes, it's going to hurt your heartstrings. Yes, it's going to suck seeing Jose Abreu in a Miami Marlins uniform or a uh, Houston Astros uniform, but whatever. In my opinion, I think it makes the White Sox better. And maybe it won't, but also if it doesn't make the White Sox better, I think it's just a such a Damnate a, a, a condemnation on what this team was built out of. You fucked up taking Andrew Vaughn then. You fucked up signing Aloy Jimenez. You fucked up signing Luis Robert. You fucked up signing Yasmani Grandal. You yes. fucked up signing Yoan Moncada. Yes, I understand like that's that that might be the conclusion we're coming to, but like you need to get to that conclusion as soon as possible so then you could start the rebuild over again. Like, you just can't waste this. Because then if Abreu leaves, then it's like, well, you know, here comes the young talent. And now the young talent has to come over. It's like, force the young talent into it now. Like, put them in that position to post. Force their hand. But you're taking away a lot of production. That's what I'm thinking, Sean. So, you're not, and you're not adding any production. I, I think you add production by just having Aloy play games. I think you add production by having Andrew Vaughn play his position. I think there's value to be added there. But they, you still lose the production of Jose Abreu. You don't... That doesn't make up for the production of Jose Abreu. But the, the at-bats are taken by Andrew Vaughn. Jose Abreu's at-bats are taken by Andrew Vaughn. Aloy Jimenez is DH. So uh, all the all the DH at-bats that were taken by Edwin Encarnacion and all this bullshit, okay. right? And Nomar Mazzara. Okay. It's not, you don't have to, it's Aloy Jimenez posting 150 games at DH. Okay, but you, you say, okay, so Andrew Vaughn takes Jose Abreu, but who takes Andrew Vaughn's? 
Uh, right. And, that, and that, but that's that's the question that they'll need to figure out. And, and it's it's what do you do with that 18 million dollars that's not going to Jose Abreu? Right. What do you do with that bullpen? And how do you figure out how to get that cash? I understand that then there's teams. a hole in left field and right field. But Oscar Colas is out there. That is a an injection of youth. He's 24 years old. It's not like you're relying on a 21 year old who's never had professional he's experience flip, at all. He's like, a flip of the coin. I think he's less of a flip of the coin than Gavin Sheets is. Like I, I'm just saying that. I'm saying all these options are not great. Nimmo's not bad. I, I I don't mind Nimmo, and thank you for bringing up Nimmo. I think if Nimmo, Colas, Sheets, Robert was the start of an outfield, I don't think it's bad. You non-roster invite Jason Hayward to spring training. Doesn't mean he has to play there. He said he would be in the minors. I think that's a good guy to have a clubhouse and a good guy to have depth. He's only 33 years old. Like, I think that there is the ability to find an outfielder. Michael Conforto is still out there. Like, there is the ability to find outfielders in this market. And if you want to go real bold, you could sign Judge. Let's just not get that out of the way. They're not signing Aaron Judge. Um, but there, there's options out there, and you just need to I mean, fill two outfield spots. I think I mean, it's easier than filling a first base spot because you already have the first baseman on the, the roster. I'm just saying, they... You're just doing a lot of stuff where you could just have Jose Abreu be the guy and trade those other guys. You can get the same value from Aloy Jimenez somewhere else, the aggregate of Aloy Jimenez, and play different spots and actually play good defense. I think you could do that with Jose Abreu, though. Like, we can get the aggregate from Jose Abreu. Like, you you can make him in the aggregate. I don't think you can make him in the aggregate. All right. I don't think I don't think any player is, is too special enough. I think just guys need to to hit. Um somebody did ask uh, what would uh I think it was the fat hipster said uh Elvis Andres at 190 uh 1997 home uh hits uh now uh, and he's going to be close to 2000. Uh what would 2000 hits mean for him? Uh he would be the 11th player who has played 95% of his games at shortstops to have 2,000 hits. He would join Jeter, Aparicio, Smith, Rollins, Larkin, Edgar Renteria, Larry Boa, Dick Grote, Herman Long, Gary Templeton, and Dave Bancroft as the only shortstops to have 2,000 hits in their career. So uh, shout-out to Elvis Andres. He's been a fun part of this. But uh, let's look at Jose Abreu's stats, and then we'll wrap this whole thing up. Uh, this is Jose Abreu's 2020. This is the final line for Jose Abreu in 2020 because he won't be playing tomorrow. He hit 304, had 40 doubles, 15 home runs, 75 RBIs, 62 walks, a slugging percentage of 446, weighted run career plus of 138, an F4 of 3.9, a B-war of 4.2, and Jose Abreu on the year had 15 home runs. Um, a different type of season from Jose Abreu, but I wouldn't define it as bad in any way. No, he had a great season. As I said, it's his third highest season in his career, according to uh, F4. I mean, according to, yeah, according to F4, according to what rated runs created. Plus, he's having a good year and not the power year that he usually has and not the runs driven in year that he usually is. But as I always say, runs batted in are a team dependent stat, and this team did not score a lot of runs. But Jose also did not come through in the clutch as he did in years past. I think that Jose Abreu will post next year. This is the outlier. Next year will be back to his regular numbers. I I think you're asking for a lot for a 36-year-old. Uh, Jose will turn 36 on January 29th. Uh, you know, But you want to bring back 36-year-old Elvis Andres. I never said that. I mean, I said I would if he wasn't too expensive, but I think he's going to get like a $10 million deal. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think Elvis Andres is coming back. I'm saying 36 year olds are not old. Yeah. But also second base sucks. Like that's different. Like, like you'd have a 24 year old playing first base. 
Like I and I'm saying like 36 as in it seems like the po- usually the power picks up when you're older. AJ Pollock's power is picked up. Elvis Andres's power is picked up. It's weird that Jose Abreu didn't hit over 20 home runs. He's never done that in his career before outside of 2020. Oh, in 2018 where he had uh, 22, but he only played 128 games. When he's played this many games, over 150 games, he has hit 30 home runs. Oh, I I, I misread 2016 too. Let's start this over again. When he's played 150 more games or not, the two years he hasn't hit 30 or more home runs, 2016, 25, and 2020, 15. It's just a huge drop-off. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it just, that, that drop-off's odd. Yeah, it's the outlier. Sometimes One home run since August 3rd. It's the, exactly. You know, all call the doubles. Look at the slug is not as where he needs to be, but he is still driving the ball, still hitting the ball decently hard. I think the guy will hit home runs. Next year, if you sign him to the White Sox, I think the White Sox fans will be furious next year if the Jose Abreu starts posting numbers and you got nothing for him, zero things for him, and he's on another team and he's making them win and he's people are showing him appreciation and he's starting getting love. Like if he goes to some New York team and they're like, "Oh shit, this Jose Abreu is out here doing work," and he starts getting some notoriety and that he didn't get here in Chicago. People in Chicago will be like, hey, man, we could have just kept that guy. He wanted to be here, and we said no. He's a 36-year-old, though. Like, I mean, like, uh, did you want to keep Paul Konerko for as long as you no, did? No, Paul like, Konerko sucked. His last two years literally sucked. Uh, I know. But he like, was terrible. But do you want, what if Jose comes back next year and sucks? Let him. Because he, he hasn't no. sucked. Because he didn't this suck this year. This is the window. This is the window. You, I don't, I, I would rather be a year too early than a year too late. Let's be on the Bill Belichick thing. Let's be smart people. He's 36 years old. The thing Since is, you're August not replacing 30, him. Average exit velocity of 91.9. You're He's not hitting. replacing him. And you say the, the thing, but the All man right. is already on the team. You're, they're, they're replacing him with. So he's getting the same at-bats. You're not replacing him. You're just getting rid of him. And you're not replacing him with numbers, with people. If you're not replacing him with numbers, bring him back and find other ways for people to leave. He is the best hitter, unquestionably, right? Uh, this year, yes. Yes. So bring him back and make room for the other people. I don't care if they're young. Play play ball. Post numbers. And then I'll think about keeping you. Then I'll think about you being untouchable, Andrew Vaughn. I'll think about you being untouchable, Eloy Jimenez. I, 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 I never said they were untouchable. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying, like, these guys, like, I don't want these guys on the team just because they're young. Show something first. Youth doesn't mean a goddamn thing to me. Not a thing, unless you're posting. If they're not posting, bye. All right. Hey, that's the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll have many more for you later on this season and tomorrow as well. We'll have a post-game show for you and a pre-game show. We will have the last pre-game show of the year for you. Uh, we'll start that at 2.30. We'll sure. also have a fun show tomorrow. We'll be talking with Vinny, recapping the final game of the season, but also Robert Murray of Fansider will be joining us, and maybe we'll be talking some manager stuff with Robert Murray. Uh, should be fun to get a baseball insider look. But make sure you are subscribing to the CHGO YouTube channel. Make sure you're hitting that like button. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectorwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. Thank you to Vinny Duber for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow.